Hey, have you heard about Anchor? You probably haven't heard about Anchor yet, so let me tell you about it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. You probably hear other people talk about how they make podcasts. If they say it's easy, they're crazy. All of their methods are really hard and complicated, but Anchor, super simple. First off, it's free. They have creation tools that let you make the podcast right from your phone. You don't even need a computer. This is 2019. Who uses computers anymore? Anchor distributes your podcast on all the other platforms. No need to go do all that complicated searching and hosting and posting. Hosting and posting. They do it for you. You can also make money from your podcast. Well, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now because you're listening to this ad. They've got everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. No need to search around all over the place. No need to go to 20 different sites. Just one. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Bet you thought I was going to sing right here, didn't you? Are you looking for the hottest news out of the obstacle racing scene? Want to stay up to date on the freshest info, the latest podiums, and hear interviews with the who's who in OCR? Well, you've come to the wrong place. Well, some of that you'll find here. But we're not the media. This is not ORM, OCM, OCRM, ORCM. This is OCR Talk. going to go ahead and just jump right into it. My name is Jason Dupree. And I'm Anna Landry. And this is OCR Talk episode 27, I believe. Uh, let's catch up for a second. We got some things to talk about and share. And I know we've got like some good topics to talk about in our in our notes today. You had a pretty crazy day today, huh? <laughs> it was it was the first day back at work after Mardi Gras. So I was thinking it was going to be really slow and boring and it was really slow and boring, except for I'm on call, and usually that just means that they're going to kill us on call. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, as soon as we got out of work early, like 15 minutes later, they were texting us back, uh, <laughs> we've got some doctors that would like to work right now. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> so the doctors just say, hey, we got yeah, stuff that we want to do? Like, oh, hey. Sorry, we didn't tell you this earlier, but we just saw this patient that we want to do right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. I just a few days ago got an email about the 30 miler that's coming up uh, March 30th that it got canceled. Oh, man. That's like the second one of your races <laughs> that's gotten canceled, huh? Well, it got pushed back and now oh. it got officially canceled. They Ouch. said that the, the rain has just been too consistent even though it's actually gotten a little drier it just hasn't been enough to dry up that area because it's you know right along a lake and wow. just a really wet area i guess <laughs> so they decided to go ahead and call it and offered full refunds if you wanted them which is nice well, that's nice you could transfer it to the next year but i figured if i'm going to run it next year then just re-sign up no big deal yeah so I went ahead and got a full refund so that I can, uh, well, well, first thing was I was thinking, all right, well, so what am I going to do? April decided she, her birthday is like the next weekend. So she wanted to go on a trip. So we found a, a pretty cool place. She really loves to do old history 
like especially like um not necessarily a plantation but like you know places like those big fancy houses that uh, people had uh workers not necessarily yeah, slaves like but <laughs> plantation style homes yeah like yeah like they yeah. had you know nannies and and <laughs> right. people that cooked for them and they paid them i think believe but right um, but no like just like really really old those really fancy houses and we've been to a couple like we went to one in ireland while we were out there that was really awesome and she she really loves that stuff so nice. we're going to the biltmore in north Ooh, carolina i heard that place is amazing it looks like it from the pictures yeah so so she decided let's go there and that's the weekend of the race that got canceled so i was like all right well that that was my race for march so now i've got to find something new it's kind of funny. There is a trail race this weekend that I was just going to look at doing for training, but she's got a thing on Saturday. So that didn't work out. So I started looking. I was like, oh, the San Antonio Spartan is happening. Oh, yeah. It's, so I was like, what was the dates? What was the dates? So I looked, and sure enough, it's the weekend before that other race was supposed, you mm-hmm. know, supposed to be. So it's the 23rd, 24th. Yeah. So I started looking into it. Asking around for coupon codes and stuff. I actually had one in my email that was said it was 20% off for my mm-hmm. birthday. And I was nice. like, all right, cool. I can use this one. <laughs> and I found another one for 20% off. That was just like full on for anything. It was a Athlinks, like Athlinks 19, 2019 uh, for 20% off. Nice. Doesn't Mudrun Guide have one out there that's like 50% off or something? Crazy yes. Like that? Yeah. So that's what I found. So I was looking and I got... I was like 20%, that's decent, but you know, by time you when you look at the price, by time the the fees and right. and the insurance and everything else gets added on, that 20%, all it does is pays for all the insurance and fees. Exactly. They really don't do a yeah. lot. And especially since they raise the cost of all their insurance and fees and all that. Yeah, and the fact that the race is only a couple weeks out, which is rare that I, you know, typically I mean my whole race schedule is planned out a year in advance almost. So I saw, I found that while looking for codes and sure enough, it was definitely the way to go. Nice. You, it's one of those things where you purchase a, a, a code and then you use that code when you register for the race and you still have to pay a couple of the other fees when you register. Right. But that code is awesome because you can pick it, It's, it's a, a pass not a not a I'm signing up for this race. It's a mm-hmm. pass for a sprint or a super or a beast or even they even have them for ultra beast to get 50 percent off. Nice. So I'm real confused. Like, how do they even have this? Because it's not yeah. like a one time use thing. It's like you can do this as many times as you want. Oh, wow. It doesn't seem to have a expiration or I don't know. It's crazy, but it worked. So <laughs> I thought it was only for like one super or one sprint. Yeah, but you can buy as many codes as you want, as many passes as you want. That's crazy. <laughs> like, you're not limited on how many you can purchase. So I saw that, and I, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to try this and see how it comes out. Because with the 20% off discounts, the sprint was, for the age group, was 160, coming out to 167 after all the taxes. High. And I was like, yeah, eh, all right, well, it's high, <laughs> but I, I figured it would be. The coupon code with taxes, or with so uh, when I f- you first purchase the pass, it's about $97 for the pass with fees and everything. And then when you go register for the race, it's about 22 extra dollars. So it was 120 versus 167 for the sprint. 
Yeah. So that was awesome. I was like, that's amazing. So I'm going to go ahead and sign up for the Super too. <laughs> so the Super, strangely, was only 185-ish wow. after fees and everything with the 20% discount. And then, so I was like, all right, sweet. It was kind of funny how they were, no, no, it was like 175. It was real close to the Sprint, which really confused me. So I, I, I went and used that thing again where I got a pass and then used that to buy the, the race entry for age group. And it works for Elite, too, which blows my mind. Yeah, because they hardly ever have discount codes that ever work for Elite or age group. Yeah. So, again, it was with the 20% discount, it was going to be 175 And with the buy-in from Motor and Guide, it was 109 I think, plus the 22 So it was like 130 So for $250, I got two races that would have been 340 Wow. So I was... Pretty Good jacked deal. about that. <laughs> so I went ahead and found a, a little guest house to stay in. We were thinking about bringing the whole family down, but April had a baby shower that weekend. So so I'm pretty pretty pumped, though. You know, I've been doing all this uh, training and really not as good of training as I should have been doing or <laughs> wanted to do, mainly because of all the travel and just life. But, you know, expecting to do these really long runs, but now I get to right. go and do some obstacles. So that's fun. Very good. Yeah, it, I feel like it's been forever since I've done an obstacle race. <laughs> <laughs> and my first one really, I want to say my first one really isn't until May. <laughs> Which one? Uh, Tough Mudder. Austin? Oh, Tough Mudder. And, um, are you not going to Austin? For- no, I'm not going to Austin. I think that falls on my call weekend, I think. Uh, when is that one? In April or something? It no, Early Mar- in- Early May? It's either late April or early May. But yeah, it just, the timing of it just didn't work out for me this year. So it's like the first year in probably four years that I missed the Austin race. So kind of sad about it's that. It's mid-May, actually. That's right. The Tough Mudder is early May mm-hmm. and it's like two weeks later. Right. Yeah. So the timing on that one, it just fell on my call weekend and I've already switched with a lot of people. <laughs> hmm. I've had a couple of interesting runs this week where... I, I felt good. I went out and ran, it, but like my lungs have been feeling good. I've been feeling more energetic, and I actually started, as I told you before, I started taking the Formalite in the morning. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, I don't. I've never been a, a huge coffee drinker, anyways, and I've always taken Formalite like midday. I started taking Formalite like midday to get me through a workout, and then even when I don't work out, to get me through that afternoon lull yeah. that, that typically happens for me. But I've like. Just said, let me just go ahead and take it in the morning <laughs> because sometimes in the morning I, I get a lull too. Yeah. Not all the time, but sometimes. So I said, let me just go ahead and take it in the morning and see how it goes. And the past couple of days or the past, I mean, it's only Wednesday, but the past <laughs> three days, it's been great. Like it's lasted all the way into the evening of me. Like I've never hit a lull or a today I actually did get sleepy and took a nap but when i got up i felt good i'd never felt lethargic or or groggy or anything anything like that so i'm gonna keep doing that and see how it goes i like my naps <laughs> I, well i do too and like no, i said I, yeah I, we I, joke I, about that I at work. today yeah we joke about that at work but my day starts so stinking early like if i work out in the morning i'm waking up at 3 30 in the morning and taking my performance then and then, so yeah. <laughs> like by three o'clock in the afternoon, whenever I get home from work, I'm like, oh, it's nap time. 
mm-hmm. you know, because I've already like done an hour workout or whatever, and then gone to work, and then you know, come home and got the kids home from school and did homework or something like that. And so it's like, yeah, oh, it's nap time around <laughs> that time of day. But no, I didn't. I didn't take it this morning. I've been, um, I've been actually working with Miles. He's been writing some workouts for me. <laughs> nice. Uh, him and he and Victor. Miles Keller. Yeah, he and Victor had started their uh, their victory fitness oh. deal, and so yeah, I kind of just wanted to try something different. You know, like I did Yancey Camp workouts, and those were all great, and I just wanted to mix it up a little bit. And I think like m- me not being able to run kind of forced me to find something different and find new things to work on. So that kind of like put me out of my usual routine of, oh, I'm just going to go run three or four miles, you know, before Hmm. work and then run three or four miles after work, you know, like, so yeah, it's, um, it's been so far so good. Today is the only day that I've missed my workout because of work. (laughs) It just, (laughs) I, uh, I, I had. I had gotten off work early and came home and mixed up some performally to take to the track with me. And I was heading to the track, took a few swings in my performally. And that's whenever they called us back into work. So that's whenever I, I told you about I was sitting at work and I was like getting the face itches <laughs> and getting the tingles <laughs> and everything. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> but I mean, we were super efficient. So <laughs> Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, so I, if I take the performance too early in the morning, I just it wears off by too early by the end of the day. You know, Matt Maltzman says that he drinks it in the morning, like that's his normal. Like he's not a coffee drinker either. Yeah, that's what he does. He drinks his 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 special blend of it. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I kind of got a little worried because I started drinking coffee again here recently. I used to not. I just. Whenever I switched to to day shift a couple years back, I just stopped drinking coffee, which is weird because <laughs> I don't know. I guess on night shift, we just drank so much more coffee. I had stopped drinking coffee for a long time and um, I started back again just because I don't know. It's like it's it's weird here because it's in like here in Louisiana, it's like a social thing. You know, you get to work yeah. and you fix yourself a cup of coffee and you chit chat with your coworker, you know, and. And that, and it's been unseasonably cold. <laughs> so <laughs> it's almost like just kind of comforting just to have a hot cup of coffee the first thing in the morning. So yeah, I was kind of interested to see how the Performer Elite would still have, if it would still have the same effect on me. And so far it has, I mean, I've been limiting my coffee to just, you know, the one cup a day. It's not every day. So before we get into our episode notes, we on on the a couple of cool things that's been going on on the Discord. One, some people from Terrain Race have gotten in there and actually been like, "Hey, we're whoever from Terrain Race. We're really think you know looking forward to hearing y'all's feedback and you know really want to uh, be honest and let you know what we're doing and and you have that conversation. So it was really awesome. And straight out the box, we were pretty you know here's how <laughs> we feel and and I. I would not let go of the $5, you know, pay $5 for your, to pick up your bib thing. So I don't know where that's going to go, but I've tried to point out, like it wasn't even consistent from what we've heard that some people either just said they weren't going to pay it. So they weren't pushed to pay it. And 
so many things about it that are just ridiculous. And I mean, I use the word insane. I told him it sounds insane <laughs> to be asked $5 to grab a piece of paper that I've done a trail race. You know, last trail race I did, it, it was in a bin and you went and grabbed it yourself. Yeah. Like their reasoning behind it being, or at least what they've stated, is being to help shorten the, the line at registration. It's free if you pick it up the day before at whatever you know place they have it have them out at so if that's really the case if it if it's about money then just take those people and, and put them on the day of the race right but if it's really about shortening the line there's got to be better ways to do it yeah. there are a bazillion other races that do the exact same thing and they don't have that problem and if the line gets a little long oh well it's not that big a deal yeah imagine you have two thousand people uh, they're doing these free weekends, right? Mm -hmm. So they're getting, and and they're saying they're full. You know, a full OCR weekend is what five to seven thousand people, yeah. maybe ten. Yeah. So let's just say seven thousand people register, five thousand show up, three thousand don't pick up their their bid the day before. That's five five dollars a person. That's fifteen thousand dollars. Like you can't say it's not for the money. You can't try and tell me that you're not doing it for the money when you might make $15,000 off of it, <laughs> off of what was supposed to be a free race. Right. <laughs> so anyway, we've been hitting that pretty hard on them. And Matt's, Matt Davis is going to, Matt B. Davis is going to be at their race, I think next weekend or this weekend. And he's supposed to sit down with, I think their CEO and, and chat with them. So that, that'll be interesting. And hopefully we'll get some clarification and yeah, hopefully Matt doesn't shy away from that topic. I doubt he will. He shot pretty straight whenever he was talking to uh, Tough Mudder's new president. Which we'll get into. Yeah. And the other thing that we got, we were talking about on there that was interesting is Free Solo. Have you heard about this movie? Free Solo? It's a documentary. Oh, no. I've heard about it. I haven't seen it. <sighs> Just water tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you missed me last night. I had a few drinks last night. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> 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 Dang it. That would have been a perfect episode. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm going to go off tangent here for a second. Th that episode <laughs> is the first episode out of all of ours to pass up our very first episode in number of listens. Nice. <laughs> I just checked it earlier, and our first episode is at 439 or so listens. And every other episode has always been just kind of like, but I think uh, Toughest South was the closest one for a long time. And it was always just a few behind. Yeah. This one has passed it up and is at like 445 wow. or something like that. <laughs> the two hour long episode where we just didn't, <laughs> we thought it was a mess when we were recording it. But it turned out to be possibly one of our best episodes. Yeah. So maybe the word got out about that when people were like, dude, you got to go listen to this retardedness. <laughs> so... That probably definitely has to happen again. More than likely, it will. <laughs> oh, this is the <laughs> documentary about the, the the rock climbers, right? Yes. So, well, the the rock the climber, this guy climber. who is a... So, apparently, it's called free climbing or, yeah, I guess just free climbing when you're climbing... No rope with snow. You're climbing without a rope, but you're still harnessed okay. in. So, you're... So you're not climbing with a rope that's going all the way to the top. So you might have two people that are together so that one person can climb up 
uh, and then and then the other person, you know, you're still anchored to the other person or. Yeah, I think that's how it works. So you're still anchored into the other person. So when you're climbing, you could fall from that, but you're you're not going to fall to your death, you know, unless you hit a rock bat or something. So these two guys, I, I blank on the guy's name. Alex, Alex Honnold. Alex Honnold. Yeah, Alex Honnold. Him and one of his buddies, they did El Capitan in, in Yosemite in under two hours, I think it was free climbing so they're you know doing it together so they're trying to go as fast as they can i think he said at one point his buddy f- did fall like 100 feet from you know he's just where he was and it was a straight shot down so he you know the rope caught him and he was good but yeah they they beat the record in free climbing and, and did it in two out under two hours and he did it free solo which means you're up there by yourself no ropes or anything like it's just you and you're your little thing of uh, chalk and that's it. So the documentary is about that and, you know, shows the climb and he did it in under four hours, which a lot, you know, a lot of experience, they were saying a lot of experienced people that climb this thing, it takes them three, three days to do it. And he did it, you know, with nothing. So I've been watching, I haven't watched the movie yet. I I wanted to go catch it while it was in theaters here in Frisco, but it, um, it's, I wasn't able to see it tonight or tomorrow and it's not showing this weekend. So I think I'm just going to be able to just have to watch it online or something, but watching the trailers for it and watching stuff about it, like seeing them talk, I've been watching tons of interviews and stuff and it's insane. Seeing some of the, the holds, you know, you think of those little bitty tiny holds that you see on, on the rock walls in the gym that are like 10, I don't know what the ratings are, but you know, they're 10 something. And it's just like a little bit of nub for you to put your two fingers (laughs) on and, I mean, he's climbing stuff like that. The it's just insane the stuff that that he's doing. If you like good documentaries with gorgeous cinematography, and you care anything about climbing, then check it out for sure because it looks it looks amazing. And and everybody that's watched it said it's amazing. And everybody's saying that you know you're watching it and your your palms get sweaty and you're just on the edge <laughs> of your seat the whole time while he's yeah. climbing because it's just you know any <laughs> obviously he makes it but it's right. still. It's you, know, still you still get that experience. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm looking at this picture. I was Googling it. I'm looking at this picture of him like <laughs> climbing up like just a big crack in the wall. That's so crazy. Yeah, so nuts. So nuts. So I'll be watching that soon. Speaking of documentaries, I watched one last night. There's a, I think he's a Honey Stinger ambassador, I believe. I don't know, but he's in one of the episodes. It's a Netflix documentary called Losers. I don't know if you've heard of it and I don't know if you've seen any episodes, but it's just like, it's just about athletes in different sports and how maybe they found some success, but then weren't quite able to make it all the way to like a championship or something like that. Something of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. um, I have heard about that. Yeah. It's a pretty good documentary and it just like, you know, interviews the athletes and how how they saw the experience from their perspective. Cause you know, you always hear about, Oh, this guy was the first person to do this and he revolutionized the sport and blah, blah, blah. But then you never hear about, you know, the people that they were playing against or, you know, (laughs) their competition. Mm -hmm. So it's, it kind of shows it from their perspective. And so it's kind of interesting to listen to their interviews, but this one episode that I watched last night just caught my eye because it was about, 
this guy running an ultra marathon and um, he was, he was doing the marathon to sob. It's the ultra marathon that runs across the Sahara desert. He basically, basically went and ran this race against the wishes of his wife who he had three kids with and, you know, he knew she wasn't happy about it, but he went anyway. (laughs) And then he ends up getting lost in a sandstorm for nine days in the desert and like has to drink his own urine and eat bats. And (laughs) it's just a crazy story. (laughs) Where did he find bats? Um, He came across this old building and it wasn't any special kind of building. It just had a sarcophagus in it. Apparently, it was where some holy man was buried. So he went inside and he heard these little noises and he thought they were rats. But then he looked around the building and he realized they were actually bats hanging from. Yeah. And so at this point, he had gone like five days without food or water. So he said he just he just started grabbing bats and like started eating them. And I was like, I was so disgusted whenever he was whenever he was talking (laughs) about it because he gets so like graphic <laughs> and, <laughs> and and uh and i was like oh my gosh but you know he was like man it was like such a primal instinct for me to you know just grab something and eat it <laughs> because i'm trying to survive because yeah, that's, that's just yeah. how hungry he was yeah they ended up even calling off the search for him and this was like Jeez. in the 90s i think so he was presumed dead and he just happened to wander off into Algeria <laughs> and <laughs> some random and he happened to wander onto like some military base and they found him and mm. and he ended up obviously because they're interviewing him but he ended up surviving and surviving that experience but yeah he ended up going back to that same race like six times <laughs> <laughs> did he ever did did he ever complete yeah, it? Yeah, he completed it, but they um the little notes at the end of the episode said that he his goal was to always finish in the top ten the first year that he went, and I think he was he was on pace to do that that first year um, before he got lost, obviously. But he went back the six times, and I don't think he ever finished higher than twelfth. Wow. Yeah. That, that's cool. I'll check that out. Yeah, sure. it's a it's a pretty cool series and they go into all kinds of different sports like they have an episode on curling (laughs) but yeah it's pretty interesting so check it out yeah for sure before we move on since we've already talked about terrain for a little bit have you seen their instagram page no but i whenever i saw it in the notes i had to go look for myself (laughs) because did you you catch what i was talking about (laughs) like what i was getting at no not yet because i got sidetracked I was like, okay, yeah, it's social media distracts me too much. I don't have my phone on me. <laughs> if you look at their stories, okay. it's like 10,000 stories. Uh, also, go look at Ryan Atkins' Atkins's oh. <laughs> latest post. <laughs> I did see that. That one funny things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, terrain racing, going to their stories. Oh, they stopped doing it. Uh, well, it's not. At, I forget. Stupid stories don't last, but twenty four hours. Yeah. Right after their the race, like the next week after they had a race, it was every single person that <laughs> posted and tagged them, they reshared it. Oh my gosh! So it was literally like you see the little lines across the top of how many yeah. stories it, was it like is, and it dots. was. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so whoever is handling terrain's social media has 
I mean, maybe they're taking performer leak because they are <laughs> on it. But yeah, it was insane to see. So they're doing something over there. Instagram. I don't know what it is. But they're doing wild. something. <laughs> let's see. We also talked about Tough Mudder already a little bit. Yeah, let's talk about Tough Mudder real quick while while we're covering things that have already come up. Matt B. Davis. Uh, well, first off, Will Dean is he's definitely not the president. No. Because now there's some other guy yeah. that's the president. He's allegedly being bought out or forced out or whatever. Allegedly. Allegedly. None of that is has been stated of what what the fact is. But the 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 what is the fact and what we caught from Matt B. Davis's interview with him is that the races, Tough Motor Races and Tough Motor Boot Camp are still one company. They haven't split apart to be a separate company. They were trying to go that route to see if they can get an, an, another company to take that over, but it didn't work out the way they want it. So uh, as of now, they're both still one company. But Will Dean is not the president anymore. But here's the thing. There's allegations against them. There's lawsuits. There's just so much up in the air right now. We don't really know what it is. but. And this is one thing that's really kind of sad is I, I my natural reaction is to think, well, this guy is sleazy yeah. and we've been kind of like following him all this time, you know, doing world's toughest and hearing him talk and get on stage and talk about how the community and what it is. And, and that's what the company's about. But then when you hear about the possibility of the fact that he that the possibility of him stealing stuff from Mr. Mouse and like did you read the article that talked about how he gave Mr. Mouse one business plan but he gave his school a different business yeah. plan and I don't know the the I don't know any of that yeah. for a fact because all that is just a article the that The only people that know about that are the people that were involved as far as I'm concerned. Right. And and so it's it's hard to not react to it. And, and so I'm going to leave that part there. But what I what I do want to say is it's an interesting dichotomy of if he is a sleazy person, the fact that he was able to make a business off of this good natured group of people and the idea of being good to each other. Like if that is the case, like how crazy is it that that this amazing thing has come out of this guy's greediness, you know? Yeah, and and that's kind of what I was thinking as well, because Tough Mudder has been a thing now for several years. It's definitely one of the more established names in the sport and in in the business. So you get you start building up this community of people and. It's just no matter where it's come from or, you know, whose business plan it was or whose idea it was or, you know, how they were going to monetize this idea, no matter any of that, it's kind of just taken the community has just kind of taken a life of its own and turned into its own like self-sustaining thing. This is our community. This is what we stand for. And we're going to stick to that. All other all other business plans aside, you know, the community has just kind of become its own separate entity, kind of defined itself based on the values and and ideas of what Tough Mudder was built on. But 
we've just built our own community around it. Whether Will Dean believes what he's selling or not, what he's selling is a good thing. Whereas like Herbalife, <laughs> what they're selling, while it sounds good, it's not a good yeah. thing. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Did we talk about Herbalife before? I don't think so, but... <laughs> I feel like I've brought it up before because oh, I watched this documentary oh, I'm, about I'm sure. it. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a documentary about it and they have an office right next to our <laughs> office in Houston. So I see these people every day and it makes me like, I, I was sad before I saw the documentary and after I saw it, I wanted to go out there and just tell them, get out of here. Stop coming to this place and giving these people your money. Well, how about the new president though? Like he seems, he seems like an yeah, all right he guy. Seems He's very just, convincing. I remember thinking that whenever I was listening to that episode. But as a president, how do you get to be there? What has he done to become the president? The like, guy. yeah, is he just yes. a guy to like a placeholder, or does he really have the leadership in the direction to be president? Who knows? You know, I guess that's <laughs> something that you can ask of the presidents of the United States every every time as well. I think that's something completely different, but. <laughs> 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 but no, it it seeing the interview with them. I'm not I'm not trying to say that the guy looks like he's not doing a good job or anything. I mean, I haven't seen anything of it. He just from the interview, it just seemed like a like a PR thing. Like he's got he's got all the the messaging down. Yeah. But I don't know. I I mean, I guess Tough Mudder's kind of up in the air right now. Like we have yet to we got to wait to see if they're actually doing all the things that they're saying they're going to do. And we're hoping that they do. It just, I don't know. It's just, it's just a weird situation with Will Dean not being that anymore. And then another guy we've never heard of. I mean, obviously people know him, right. but seemingly come out of nowhere. It's just, it just feels weird. I hope it's good. I hope it's good. But just, I it just didn't have, it didn't give me like the, oh yeah, this is great feeling. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like that he was optimistic about it. He did have a very good answer for all of Matt's questions. They seemed like they were too good, though, and too polished. I, that's the thing is like it was almost too PR, maybe. Possibly. But the w the thing that I did like that he said at the very end was like, come up to me after a race, you know, after a race, talk to me. I want to get on course and run with people like he definitely had an attitude of we're going to we're going to write this ship and we're going to be open about it. Just the, I guess the rest of the interview just made me feel odd. <laughs> I'm just trying to dig into it too much. I guess <laughs> we need to just, let's just start being OCR detectives. <laughs> like we'll, we'll just stop. We're not, we're not what out here to motive? go trash talk people. <laughs> but yes, we're going to dig deep and we're going to get, we're going to get not dirt, but we're going to find out the truth. <laughs> That's what we want. Make a logo with a magnifying glass. <laughs> I did. I did like all of the questions that Matt asked, though. I don't think that he shied away from any questions. I I feel like he asked some questions that maybe we didn't think he would ask. So yeah. I think he was thorough. I mean, you know, I think the whole situation just has everybody worried about. Okay, what's the future of this company? Which and further, what's the future of? What does that mean for the future of the sport? And you know, I think they're trying to trying to redefine themselves and I mean maybe they are trying to go back to their roots but I don't I don't know I just feel I feel like it's still just they're trying to recoup their losses from 
having so many, not brands, but different kinds of events out there last year. Because I remember whenever they came out with the half and the full and the 5K and the, the, and you know, I felt like that was a lot all at once. It was a lot. And I felt (laughs) like, you know, if you wanted to introduce a new format, maybe do it in certain markets and see how it does first, not hey, let's take all of our ideas and let's release them all all at once. And, oh, we're going to offer cash prizes for each of those. <laughs> you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's a lot. Well, if, if anything, they stepped out on a limb. When it comes to business, that kind of, you know, that kind of thing can pay huge rewards if it's, if it, if it works out, you, you just never know. And that's yeah. the thing is, is they, they, they tried it and it I didn't I think maybe work, they were so. banking on the idea that, they are a very well-known brand at this point, and so people are just going to buy buy into whatever they're selling. Speaking of buying into whatever you're selling, Savage Race <laughs> has got new obstacles this year, as they do every year. <laughs> <laughs> they have three new obstacles, and uh, one's called Piece of Queso. It has, we're just going to run through what these have on them real quick. It is uh, a small piece of hanging sheet to a board. Like you see, you kind of see these boards in... I can't say I've seen them in like a ninja gym, but I've definitely seen them in the ninja portion of an like an urban air, yeah, like a, like a, a trampoline, trampoline park. park. I was gonna say they remind me of the the little mini ninja course at Sky Zone <laughs> over here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's got it's a like a plasticky board with some holes in it, so it kind of looks like a slice of Swiss right. cheese. So you're traversing across those and hanging sheets. So that's that's interesting. Uh, the inversion therapy is just like a, a low rig. So you're kind of just hanging from stuff with ladders and maybe a pole or something. Chopsticks looks really cool, yeah. though. It is kind of like the reverse of Legaff. Mm-hmm. So instead of a pendulum that's swinging from uh, a pole on a pendulum swinging from the, the ground, it, they're actually hanging pendulums. So you got a place to put your feet uh, and the board swings one way or another. So two boards swing side to side and the other swing two swing front to back and you have to traverse across those. So it doesn't look like anything crazy hard, but it does look fun. Now the cool thing that they've done with these is that they've Sam Abbott, the owner, one of the owners, one of the creators of Savage Race, you, you look at him and he's not the fittest guy, but he does run these races and he's even said himself that he's, he can't. He has never completed Sawtooth. Like that's his thing. Is like he wants to do that this year. That's what he's going after. Hmm. But when doing these videos in the past, they've done some videos with Maddie, 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 Greg, mm-hmm. Maddie B. What's his name? And he, they did some fun videos with those. But this year, they just simply did. Hey, let's go out. We got our other guy who's good at obstacles. Let's get him to show us how to do it. And then Sam tried each one. And so you actually got to see the owner of the company doing the obstacles, which was really neat. Cool. And then I saw on race day a video of him actually doing a piece of queso and getting through it all the way. Like he didn't do it when they tried ahead of time, but he he, he conquered it after, which was pretty yeah. rare. Speaking of conquering, we just watched. Is that dog snoring? Fucking <laughs> <Like> snoring. <laughs> <laughs> We just watched the second episode of Titan Games that Christiana is in. It's the one where all the p- previous Titan winners come together and and do just the obstacle, just the challenges. They don't do any 
they don't do the course yet, the uh, Mount Olympus. Mm -hmm. And she did one, the big giant pillars, and oh, you have to yeah. swing the uh -huh. big ball yeah. in a circle to mm -hmm. knock them over. And I, I, I want to say she got behind, like she was ahead at first, and then the other girl got ahead of her, got like two knockdown, and she had only one, I forget. But uh, she came back and, and got them all before oh, the yeah. other girl did. It was yeah. Pretty awesome. That was, that was an awesome one. Very that close. That was a close one, too. Yeah. Yeah. And again, they showed some more of her story, and they showed her on Smooth Criminal from yeah. Conquer Gauntlet. From that same Tulsa race. Some more uh -huh. Conquer Gauntlet getting on TV. Yeah. Pretty rad. I finally signed up for Continuum, so I'll be coming to Dallas in June. Oh, nice. <laughs> right on. It's going to be hot. It's going to be so hot. Die. Oh, my gosh. We're going to be like, did Sid put this race on? Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's going to be terrible. I just, I, I didn't think that one through. <laughs> they do have, you know, several water obstacles, though. So that's Yeah, good. that's true. Or are they Getting better? Getting nice and tan. <laughs> At least it's only six hours, though, instead of eight. Yeah, true. Here's another interesting thing that came out is toughest in Europe. Not Tough Mudder Toughest, but Toughest, the race. Toughest. They, are, they have previously had, they have on their obstacles, they'll have a, a fast lane and a regular lane. And if you take the fast lane and you pass it, you can bypass the very next obstacle, which is usually right after it. And it might be like a low crawl or an over under thing. Mm -hmm. And if you do the regular lane, then you have to do the crawl or whatever. If you fail regular lane, you can retry. Or you can just give up and take the penalty loop. If you fail the fast lane, you have to take the penalty loop. So that's why they've done it for years. So very interesting dynamic of which lane do you choose. And you got these people going out on penalty runs and very, very unique format, race format, doing a little bit of, you know, some things that other races are doing, some things that nobody's doing. They've changed it this year to where they're doing mandatory obstacle completion. They're still going to have the choices, I think, and the penalties, penalty loops for the open waves. But for the the elites and the elite qualifiers, it's going to be strictly mandatory. And I, I don't know what they're planning on if they're going to have still two lanes. Like, are they going to have regular and fast lane? I, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, but. from what I read, how I understood it is that they're still going to have they're, it's like they're going to have like the elite lane and that's the lane that if you're an elite or an elite qualifier, that's the lane that you have to complete. And then for the open waivers, they're the ones that have the choice how it was originally. But for the elite and elite qualifiers, you have to do the fast lane. And if you can't complete it, then it's mandatory obstacle completion. So, yeah, it's that's going to be interesting. It's a different. I mean, it's a big change from going from having a penalty loop to not at all. Yeah, I liked their idea of having like the different difficulty in lanes. I liked their idea, but since this recent change, it does make a lot more sense to change that for the people that are competing at the elite level because it just makes it a lot easier to judge and to make calls. You know, because you have hundreds of people going through obstacles and you have maybe one or two or three people at an obstacle, you know, how are you supposed to keep straight who did what, which lane they were on, if they were, if they had to do this penalty loop or if they have to go back and complete the opposite and retry it, you know, like it just seems like a lot for the people watching the obstacles or 
the course no, marshals, I, I guess. I get what you're saying. Who, yeah. Yep, exactly. But one thing that is cool about Toughest, and, and, and really they've kind of – I, I don't want to say led the way because nobody's really taken after them as much, but the things that they do that are so unique to their race that really stands out one simply being that to race elite, you have to, you have to qualify to be an elite qualifier. Mm-hmm. So kind of think a competitive wave. You have to either run a, a 10 K be able to run a 10 K in under, under 40 minutes, or you have to be top 50 in, I think like world championships or something, European world championships. Mm-hmm. There's a few different ways you can be an elite qualifier, but then in the elite qualifier, you have to run a season and get enough points, be high enough in the rankings to be part of the elite group, to be invited to be part of the elite group. Yeah, so they keep the elite. So it's not just something like a wave, like in Spartan. Exactly. You, you can't, can't just, just sign up for it. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like we've got this many spots and anybody can sign up. I mean, Spartan's doing changing that now, too. Yeah. But they've always been like that to where it's, I mean, I don't know how far back they go. But you have to qualify and and their their ways are small. Like, they're elite guys. It's, I don't know, maybe 20 guys. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but it's not very large at all. Yeah, and so it's, it is a very small group of people. And it's like... It's what you would think of whenever you think of an elite competitor. Yeah. You know, like you have to be invited For sure. to this wave or something, you know, like you have to prove yourself in order to be able to compete in that wave, which makes sense. Yeah. Which, which makes Spartan get into that. Uh, finally now it is really cool and it is nice to see. And while, you know, you, you get opposition from both sides, but it, it's it's a good thing. It's a well, good thing to have Spartans also the, doing the it true elites at their series races, right? Like, so mm-hmm. their U.S. Championship Series, if you want to compete elite, then you have to qualify to be able to compete elite. They're not doing it for, you know, if you want to go do a sprint in Kentucky or something like that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> because they would never right. hold a, a national series right. race there. <laughs> well, you never know. But <laughs> Poor Kentucky. I never thought that Alabama would be a national <laughs> championship series race, but here we are. <laughs> Wait, the one, the one coming in, up uh, yeah, in a couple of weeks. Sarah Land? Sa- the one in Sarah yeah. Land? Wow. It's a U.S. national. That is yeah, cool. Yeah, it's a national championship series race. Which is, I like that because for the U.S. national Whatever they're calling it, <laughs> Spartan U.S. National <laughs> Championship Series. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm getting at. It it does take a little bit from each region. So, like, they kind of started off in the south and they're going to move their way west. So, it kind of takes a little bit of different terrain from each region. So, it's not just, like, yeah, that is cool. all on the Midwest and the West Coast or, you know, up in Vermont or something. You know, it's not just those races mm-hmm. so i kind of like the way they they plan that out and i just like the fact that they have alabama on their schedule again i know that was a really popular race with everybody down here so how many years has that race not been going has it just been one yeah or two? i think um because of contracts or something from what i heard at least that was like the rumor going around the rumor mill was the last couple years they didn't have the alabama race because of some contracts with the venue but that wasn't the case this year. So they're back. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, you know, when, when I first started, there was a race down 
just on the other side of the Mississippi state line from Louisiana. So that one was pretty close. And of course, Alabama was the next closest. And then the, they stopped having the one in Mississippi. Yeah. So it was cool that Alabama was still there, but then that one got canceled. And so that's cool to see that they're back. Yeah, it was a pretty good venue. It's going to be muddy. For sure. The year that I went to Alabama, though, it was it had been raining, I think. And then it dried up really fast and it was really windy that day. So it was just a huge dust bowl. It was terrible. I must have been at that one because yeah, wasn't that the one? It's a super, yeah. but it was like 12 miles. Um, yeah, that was. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it was around 12 miles. <laughs> that, yeah, possibly. I think. That was way yeah. longer than it should have been. Yeah, <laughs> but that was that was a really that was a really fun venue it was super muddy though oh my gosh it was terrible well spartan wise the you know spartan has had the biggest news of everybody <laughs> lately and we kind of we kind of missed it we, you know, we're talking about it on the tail end yeah and everybody else has already already covered it so just a simple uh, a quick recap ryan woods got dq'd in, in jacksonville he touched the, the metal on the a-frame at the very end of the race while racing right next to Ryan Wood, uh, Ryan Atkins. And after the race is over, they freaking DQ'd him like you're out. So tons and tons of people, of course, the chatter was, you know, insane about this, uh, stating that the, the rules don't specify if you fail the obstacle that you're disqualified and that you can't do burpees. Like it's a, it's a multiple try obstacle. How are you going to not tell the guy to go back right. and do it and just say he's disqualified? So, so many crazy things that they they came back and they said, OK, we're going to we're going to look at this again. They agreed with everybody and they gave him a lesser yeah, penalty, they, a five yeah, minute five penalty, minutes. which put him back down to about 12th place, I believe. And same thing happened to Hunter Russell as well. The best thing about this is that they're now going to be changing the wordage, the verbiage in those those rules and hopefully other rules as well. And here, here's my thought and the reason why I still want to talk about this is just simply if you're going to have a rule that says that this obstacle has to be as specific as we say it is, then you need to have somebody there that is enforcing yeah. that. You can't say you can't touch this thing and then not have anybody there saying, hey, you touched it. You have to do burpees because when it's that minuscule or that insignificant of a, uh, you know, if you fall off of something, that's easy to be like, oh, I fell off. Obviously, right. I failed. But if you brush your elbow against the freaking truss, you know, <laughs> you can't, uh, you're not going to stop and say, maybe I, I should uh, not yeah. keep going. Like in football, you always, you play until they blow the whistle. You don't stop just because you think you did something yeah. wrong. And if you want to win, that's how you have to be. You have to have that mindset of you're always going for it. So you've got to have marshals there telling them what to do if they failed or Absolutely. touched something they should have touched. And it's just one of those obstacles that you just never think about. I mean, it's an A-frame cargo. I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. If they're going to make that big a deal about it, how about make those areas that we're not supposed to touch like inaccessible <laughs> to yeah. everybody? Because, yeah, don't put it right where yeah, you can go. And I mean, it says you can't touch part of the trusses well at the very top of the a-frame it's nearly impossible not to touch it like what are you really like how do you how are you defining that's the thing this? about the rules <laughs> they're too ambiguous yeah, it's like how are you defining you know 
I'm using the trust to gain advantage on my competitor. Like, is it really that big of an advantage? I don't think so. <laughs> you know? So the the rules either, like if, if you're not going to have marshals there, the rules need to be clear and easy. Not not something that you need somebody there with a magnifying glass to make right. sure that they you get it right. They can't be open to interpretation because that's whenever you'll have disasters like this. Yeah. And another interesting thing is this is only happening because Spartan is putting out so much money. Right. You know, races like Conquer the Gauntlet, they've got don't grab the chain above the, the holds on their rigs and things like that. And if that stuff gets caught, it does. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Like it's not nobody's crying because they're not getting that two hundred dollars that they that they should get for first place or whatever it is, you know. Like it, it really is the sheer amount of money that's turning this into such a serious thing. That and I think they're with their whole movement of trying to turn it into a sport that can be officiated and taken seriously. Yeah, the more competition you get, the the more serious those rules yeah. get. Yeah, which is why there there has to be clear cut rules that again aren't open to interpretation. And I mean, if if it's a retry obstacle, don't don't catch it after the fact and say you're disqualified. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah it's baloney. They should have told him to just redo it. <laughs> Even if somebody would have caught him after the finish line and said, "Hey, go back," but no, nobody caught it until they. Somebody pointed it yeah. out or they saw it on video yeah. or whatever. It's well, stupid. and it's like, to use your football analogy again, it's like as soon as that next play is is going and the referee missed a call, sorry. <laughs> you know? Yep. You that's know, it. that's it. You missed your chance. Like, sorry for you. <laughs> yeah, in, in football, you can't go back five yeah, plays. Yeah, you can't be like, oh, but readjust. five minutes earlier in the game. You know how much – I mean, the Saints would have gone to the Super Bowl. <laughs> You know, talking about how how the more competitive it gets and how more specific those rules need to be, either they need to be easy to understand and not simply failable, you know, like it needs to be clear cut and and not something ridiculous like touching a thing. I, I, it makes me think about, you know, I mentioned before that I played adult league kickball, even in a fun adult kickball league where people are drinking and having a good time. The rule book on that stuff was ridiculous. Like, you know, to be a, a captain or to be a, a umpire, you had to know those rules really well. And people would still get heated about the rules. And it says this and it means that. And, you know, like, just go crazy about it. So I, I know. And that's in a, a drinking league <laughs> of kickball. So you can imagine how serious it's got to be up in these top levels of uh, competitive, you know, yeah, there's like two million dollars at stake. Now, Spartan does have their 200-person pro team. I I thought it was really interesting that they did that this year, and maybe it's a move to be an actual league because in OCR so far, we've had companies create their own pro team, and then they race their own races, and it seems kind of funny. It's like we've got the best people. It's not as much of our people are going to go to your race and try to beat your race people. That would be cool, too. But it's not been that as much. Yeah. It's been more of a, we've got our people who dominate our races. And it's like, well, it's kind of weird. <laughs> but when you think of how a company like WWE or UFC, they are a league without teams. They're a league with people 
who are their participants and competitors and those people. Yeah. Their competitors get paid to, to do that. And so I compete against each other. Yeah. To compete against each other. So I think that's what this is like. It's like that more than it is like the NFL or basketball. So if, if there was a central league that the Spartan people and the Concord Gauntlet people and the tough motor people that they all went to and competed against each other, then it would be more akin to NFL or basketball, but this is more like wrestling and MMA, I think. So if Spartan keeps this up with a large roster, then it, you could see it where people have got contracts where you can own, you know, you want to be in our race. You, you, you're signed in, like, this is all you get to do. And you're our racer. We'll, we'll see how that goes, but that's kind of where it's leading. Yeah. And it'll be kind of be interesting to see how their pro team kind of evolves over the course of time. Yeah, and right now it's kind of drawing the people in simply based off of the money that they're dishing out. So people like Ryan Atkins and Lindsey Webster, who were on Tough Motor Protein, Tough Motor's no longer dishing out money. Spartan's dishing it all out, and they've got a pretty good setup. So now they're back on right. their team. Eventually, it'll be like Spartan's big enough that they can say, "You, you know, you've really got a." I mean, they've got the qualifications already, <laughs> so I guess. Now with this two hundred person pro team. <laughs> They have a male and a female ambassador who talks to the Spartan heads and is the li- 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 liaison for the protein athlete to liaison. Spartan. Yeah. And on the female side, you've got Amelia Boone. Cool. She seems level-headed enough. She's a lawyer. She's, she's cool. She's nice. And then for the guys, you've got Kevin Giolotti. <laughs> Pretty sure we've talked about Kevin well, Giolotti before. How do you feel about that, Jason? How does that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> Let me put on my Mike Stefano hat and <laughs> put on my there. <laughs> How does that make you feel? <laughs> well, the very first race, U.S. National Series race of the year, he got on and chatted in the booth while the race was going on on the live stream, and while they were talking about this. He said at least five times about why he's the person for this job because he's got 30 years racing experience and he can talk. He, he knows what's best for the athletes. He knows what's best for the uh, for the league or the, the series. He said it. He said it about five times within the span of 10 minutes. The dude, I would like to say he's a good athlete, but I've got I've got some information that says maybe not even that. Which I might say in a second, because <laughs> I find it very interesting. The guy looks very fit. I, I've seen I've seen him race. So he, I think he's I think he's pretty good. Dude talks about himself way too much. Like he seems super cocky and and can't help but just talk about how great he is. Some people are very talkative. I get that. Personally, I did not enjoy listening to him talk. So him being an announcer, he talks over other people. And talks about himself a lot instead of about what's going on. So I, I don't care for it, personally. I heard that somebody said that they beat him at the 3K in Noram this past year. So I was curious, like, well, okay, what was his time? So I, I went and uh, looked, and his time, I'm going to talk about myself for a second and brag. <laughs> <laughs> My time was about 27 minutes, which the pros were around 16 or so. So it was not bad, you know, like like twice as much as them in a short, short course. I felt pretty good about it. It didn't feel anything. 
he apparently couldn't get past the last rig and it took him about 47 minutes to get through. And I'm not 100% sure if he finished with his band or not. Maybe he did. Apparently, when he was getting really pissed off at the, the rig and was cursing and stuff. But that rig was not that what hard. What was that last rig? Like, I, I'm i not a pro. I'm, I mean, I, got, I know I got decent grip, but still, like, I'm not anything, any level of any of those guys that are running elite. And that's another thing. For as good as he says he is, I think he ran uh, H group hmm. too. I don't know. I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop talking about him. I'm sorry, <laughs> Kevin. I just don't like you being an uh, announcer. That's all. Nothing personal though. <laughs> uh, maybe he'll meet me and, and change my mind. Maybe he won't. Maybe I'll feel <laughs> even more so that way. It's tough to talk truth without sounding like an a-hole. <laughs> No, right? that's very true. Yeah, I'm not trying no. to talk trash. I'm not being like no, Hunter and be like, let's your, talk trash. Your, that, this person sucks. <laughs> that's your opinion about it, and that you're completely entitled to your own opinion. And Thanks. if people want to want to get offended by it, then that's their choice to get offended by it. Kevin, he can be offended by right, it, not, and that's okay. <laughs> Everybody else has no reason to be offended. But sure, I'd love to hear other people's opinions about them. See if they. You know, maybe maybe somebody's met him in person. Was like he's really down to earth and super cool. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. really, honestly, everybody's going to have their own opinions about something, and no matter what it is or how passionately you feel for or against it, you have the choice to consciously make that decision. You know, whether or not you're going to get offended and take it personally and let it eat at you. But back to why I even talked about how I feel about him. <laughs> The guy is the ambassador for the Spartan Pro Team, so my my thoughts on that is that he's undeserving of that, and I don't think that I'm the only one that feels that way. It'll be really interesting to see what happens there. Will that change? Yeah, I think those roles definitely have to change. At some point, you know, just like any high-level yeah. role, it should, but we'll, you know, maybe it'll change sooner rather than later. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Because it's not like... Like who appointed this person? We don't even know who how they got the the gig. Exactly, it's it's like somebody at Spartan higher ups just said, "Okay, you're this person. You're going to speak for all these athletes." My understanding from the way Kevin talks about himself is that he <laughs> appointed himself. Probably he volunteered as so. tribute for the position. <laughs> he he probably talked about it so much, like I'm the best person for this job that somebody's like, "Fine, stop. Just you got it. Just leave me alone." <laughs> Moving on to another, trying to make a good segue here. <laughs> Speaking of loud personalities, you know, mentioning Hunter. Hunter is no longer doing the Obstacle Dominator podcast. Have you listened to any of the new episodes yet? I have not, yet? no. But Hunter's been a pretty busy guy these days. Yeah, apparently he's just got so much going on. And, and it's funny to hear, you know, the episodes that they've had. They've had quite a few of them lately where... Uh, he was trying to get on from his phone and it would it would die on him. And uh, it's it's been fairly comical. <laughs> but nonetheless, Benny has got Bracken Cracker on as a new co-host and Hunter's going on to do his own thing. And from what they said that they, he they do expect him to still be kind of part of the show here and there and on like, you know, every every other episode or every once in a while or something. Benny and, and Bracken seem to have a more serious, you know, they're still joking around and stuff, but more more serious and they're they're more focused <laughs> for sure but uh so so hunter coming back in every once in a while to, to liven it back up will probably be be very welcomed but what they're doing so far is good they've got some good conversation going now hunter 
who the same person that we, we we've seen do an open fit T minus 30 open fit, uh, leading some workouts has also on this new show coming out called the million dollar mile. Yep. Have you seen this? I saw that. I saw their cast that was announced. Uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before. Yeah. The cast is 10 people who are the defenders in this show. And for those who haven't seen it, the premise of the show is, is it's a one mile obstacle course, which has some crazy stuff in it. Like there's even swimming and there's some repelling involved. Like there's some crazy stuff. looks like a lot of rigs and all kinds of God knows what, but the contestants get a two minute head start. And then the pro or the defender chases off after them and tries to finish the, the obstacle course first. So if they can beat the pro, the defender, then they get a million dollars, I guess. I don't know exactly what the rest of the details are behind it, but that I think that's the premise of the show. And the 10 defenders that are out there, eight of them are obstacle course racers, which is pretty freaking awesome. Pretty like impressive. it's all people that we've seen yeah. and know. You've got Hunter, Faye Stinning, VJ Jones, Rebecca Hammond, Orla Walsh. Oh, Robert Killian, Isaiah Vidal. Mm-hmm. And who's the last one? I mean, there's two other people, obviously, too, but out of the OCR people. Well, I mean, Emma, Emma, she competed on, uh, she competed on TMX. That's right. She's a CrossFitter, but she, she competed at TMX and I think she won. Yes. CrossFitter slash TMX champion from this right. past year, which is pretty cool. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that show. Like I've, I've been watching, I, I catch clips of Ninja Warrior every once in a while. I watched the ultimate Beastmaster, which was pretty good. Titan games is kind of weird, but still fun to watch this one being a full on, like this is an obstacle course. Like this, this is straight up obstacle course television. Yeah. And we're hoping that this isn't going to be a, let's show everybody sob stories. <laughs> let's, let's just see some contestants yeah. go after it, man. Cause we've got some great pros to see and watch. It almost kind of reminds me of American gladiator. <laughs> But they're competing on an obstacle course. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like they're they're not doing any like competing against um, each other. Physical right. against each other, yeah. I don't think. I think in American Gladiator, the last part of the the con- competition was a head to head obstacle course against the two the two yeah. contestants like that made it to the end, I guess. So it's kind of like that, but you got a, a you know an American Gladiator chasing you after you've had a head start. I used to love that show. <laughs> My <laughs> yeah, favorite one stuff. was like the little, the gun where you had to like shoot at the target or whatever. And then they had, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had one of the gladiators like shooting back at you. <laughs> yeah. They run back and forth between yeah. the stations. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty neat. Great Nintendo game. I don't know if you ever played oh, that one. I always just wanted to be on the show. <laughs> but you actually get to do that kind of stuff in the, in the Nintendo game. It's pretty neat. <laughs> so I was thinking about this. With a two-minute head start, now obviously there's a lot, there's probably a lot to this obstacle course. And like we said, you got swimming and stuff as well. But just think about this. If you went against face standing, who can probably run, what, a five-minute mile? Maybe even faster than that? I don't know. Like, what's your what's your fastest mile uh, time that you know of? 640-something. All right, so you can run under a seven-minute mile. Let's say, I don't know what Faye's fastest mile is, but Something let's crazy. say she can run a five-minute. It's probably faster than that, but maybe yeah. a five-minute mile. You, you've you got a two-minute head start. You could 
in a, in a head-to-head, you could potentially win with a two-minute head start in a mile. That's a lot of time. But that's a mile that's full of like different challenges, like obstacles. Exactly. And I think that's going to be the real test for these people. Right. Like the people in the show that are going on there probably are decent athletes. So they more than likely they can run a faster mile than me or you who can run like a sand that can run a, a sub seven minute mile is decent. It's not anything amazing, but it's like, you know, any normal person I tell that to, they're like, wow, yeah. that's really good. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not. But these people more than likely can, I would dare to say they could probably run, you know, a six minute mile or, or something like that, or maybe even a, uh, well, I don't know about five, but I don't know that I would like to know that before these people go into it. Their mile is this time and their defender's mile is this time or something like that. That'd be cool. But yeah, the obstacles are going to be where it really falls down. You're going to have these defenders and it makes me wonder, are the do the defenders, have they gotten a chance to go through the course? Do the contestants, do they know these obstacles? Because when you go into something that you don't know already and you're learning how to do it on the fly, yeah, that makes a that big makes difference, a too. Difference. And that's where an obstacle course racer has the biggest advantage because we know we, we've practiced adapting right. and doing and something new that we've never done before. Just little mm-hmm. things that can shave off even just a few seconds. So that's going to be really cool. I'm really excited for that Speaking one. Speaking of mile times, I think, you, I, I, think I saw you had commented on um, Johnny Menzel's wife setting a world record pace during her half marathon. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah. What was the deal with I don't with know. That? From what I could gather from the story, because I've read a couple different posts and stories about it, she was running a half marathon, and it was one of those for-profit organizations, but I think they partner with charity. I don't know. She ran a half marathon, and I believe maybe the course was not clearly marked, or maybe there was some course cutting going on. Her last last half of her half marathon, she was running like a four minute pace. Yeah, and to say, <laughs> here's look if you if you accidentally cut the course or did it on purpose, who cares? And yeah, you just, got a, just say it. <laughs> yeah, when you're when your first half of a, a marathon is about a nine thirty minute mile, and then your second half is four, four minute miles, like faster right. than the fastest woman has ever run a mile. Yeah. <laughs> And you deny, like, that's the crazy part about this is that she <laughs> yeah. denies that she cut the course or whatever. Right. Like, are you insane? Are you just, you're an no, insane I person. Really, I really think that she's just, maybe she's just that stupid. Like, either that stupid say, or that hard headed that she doesn't stupid. want to admit. I, I really don't mean to be like so ugly or, or like that she mean does not realize. It, maybe? I mean, I really think maybe she just does not know that she cut four and a half miles or whatever off her off the course yeah i think that is is what it sounds like to me don't defend it and act like you can (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's all hearsay through articles that we've seen but right right i just that's what the articles have said that that people have approached her and said hey you uh cut the course or something and she's saying no i didn't it's like well you're 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 a lunatic yeah, <laughs> which I can understand if she doesn't know that she cut the course because maybe it wasn't intentional, then, you know, she doesn't know. But if they tell her, well, hey, look at your times, it doesn't make any sense, then maybe, you know, she should be like, oh, well, you know, well, maybe there was some course markings that I missed or something like that. 
Yeah. And, and, and article wise, you know, somebody could have heard her say, no, I didn't out of context yeah. and it got written like that. But there is a site called marathoncheating.com or something like that. Or Yeah. So, and, and it's a person who investigates that stuff. And so like that they, you know, they've tried reaching out to her or maybe they didn't get anything back. I don't know. Yeah. And the guy, well, the guy put up $10,000 of his own money <laughs> to just so she could, I think the stipulations were that he got a cashier's check for $10,000 and said, look, I'm going to give this money to the charity of your choice if you can run a sub six minute mile or something like, something <laughs> like that. But it had, the mile has to be done on a track and and there has to be people there videoing it and, you know, everything like that. So, and apparently she hasn't responded. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. But I mean, whatever, whatever. I just thought it was an interesting story. Yeah, that's the only that's the was. only time I've heard Johnny Menzel's name in the news in the last three <laughs> four years. We need to wrap this up. Let's save the the shoes conversation for next time. We do have to give away some socks, and we need a way for people to enter in to be in that in the in the giveaway. I need to get the socks still, but <laughs> I've 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 got a place to get them from. And how are we going to give them away? What are we going to do? What do we want people to do to get some socks? We had we had haikus last time. I'm gonna think of a number <laughs> between. <laughs> That's ridiculous, but we're gonna go with it in the theme of what we I just know. talked about. We're gonna think of a number between one and a million. In a the, one in a million number. <laughs> one in a million dollar miles. Wait, <laughs> a number in between one and a million. And the person who gets closest wins the socks. Closest person wins, high or low. Closest person wins, high or low. How how will they get that number to us? You only get one entry. Well, yeah, one entry per person because I hate it whenever in, they have those Instagram giveaways and I end up getting tagged in like billions of stuff. Yeah, we don't want you to tag people. That, that's yeah. lame. No, that's that's spammy. Send in a one message. One entry per work. person. Yeah, send us a message. It's got to be uh, a message email, on Instagram, Instagram or Facebook or Facebook or email at uh, OCRtalk at gmail.com. Yes. So OCR talk, Facebook, Instagram or email at, at Gmail. Send us a message with your guests. And while you're there, if you want to say something nice, feel free or something bad. If you want to say something bad, feel free too. And then next time we record, we will do another spinny wheel and <laughs> And see how it goes. And maybe it won't take us an hour and a half to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That that episode got good good listens, good downloads. Might have to do it. <laughs> you just never know when we're going to drop an episode like that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's getting late. Let's call this, let's call this a thing. Yeah, because clearly my dog on. has been asleep for like the last hour. <laughs> I cannot promise that some of his snores will not make it into the show because there were... He's been snoring the entire time. <laughs> At some point, it sounded like a like a tune. Like he was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> now it's getting louder. It is because he knows we're talking about him. All right, go drink your performal elite. Send us um, a number. Follow, listen, and talk. What else? Um, uh, I don't know. I got nothing. Okay. 
Well, that's it. We will get you. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't have anything good to say. We'll get. We'll see you next time. Bye, y'all. Happy Mardi Gras. Yeah. Declan, you want to say hello? No. Bye.